Welcome to Fringe with Benefits, episode 74, Your Girl is Back Again. In case you've been absent from all of our episodes, I am Stacy, and I am your favorite podcaster, or maybe your second favorite. Shoot, I don't care if I'm not your favorite at all, I'm here anyhow, ready to discuss all the things that no one else will touch with a 10-foot pole. I guess some will, but not many. So once again, I come to you to scramble your brain on all things anomalous, peculiar, weird, and abnormal. We're going to run through some Stacy socials and some of the crazy stuff that we've seen this week. And so let's start with um, a natural news article about these blood clots that were photographed with microscopy and on these sudden adult deaths that have been happening coroners have come forward with these uh, structures that they have pulled out of the blood vessels of these deceased people so they published a series of lab microscopy results with these bizarre clots which are now being routinely found in adults who suddenly died and this has been happening for a number of months These clots are often referred to as blood clots, but they are not at all like normal clots, and they consist of far more than just blood cells. Normal clots are more gelatinous, and these particular clots they're pulling out of people contain extremely large, complex, repeating structural elements that are clearly being constructed in the blood of the victims who died from these clots. These clots were all extracted from patients within a few hours of their death, and these are not a result of postmortem blood stasis. These are structures found in blood vessels and arteries, and they are not congealed blood. The article wants to thank Dr. Jane Ruby for connecting them with the embalmer, Richard Hirschman, who has provided these clots. Now, these structures exhibit the following properties. They are tough, fibrous, resilient. They show material properties similar to small rubber bands. They consist of many strands of small fibrous strands. These fibrous strands show repeating patterns of scale-like engineering as if the body's been programmed to build another life form inside of the blood vessels. They are strange crystalline-like structures found in these clots exhibiting transparency and resistance to normal gram staining techniques. You will find one example below of a structure that appears to resemble a silicon-like biocircuitry or microchip-like structure. They don't know what it is. One of the photo sets below reveals what appears to be biocircuitry wire that shows a repeating pattern and nanoscale interference structures that are assembled in specific geometry for an unknown purpose. There is context for the photos that you can see. You have to go to the link to see these photos, but I'm going to give you a brief description. They received the blood clot samples from the reputable embalmer, that's Richard Hirschman, who's active in the field of embalming, and confirmed that these are not blood vessels or any other tissues. They are structures that were evacuated from inside blood vessels during embalming. This person stained the samples using standard gram staining techniques used in microbiology in order to enhance structural contrast. And one of the samples below is more yellowish, was stained only with iodine and no violet colored stains. The samples were then washed with ethyl alcohol and prepared on slides. Microscope magnification varies from 20 times to 1500 times depending on the photo. Magnifications are indicated on each photo. 
This person retained possession of these samples and can reproduce these photographs if required, and any competent lab microscopy operator could reproduce these photos. The descriptions below are merely this person's own observations and not intended to indicate certainty of the substance. Though, okay, the first set shows a strange crystal-like structure that resists the staining and appears to show some sort of nanoscale, clear crystalline structures which would normally never appear in blood or blood clots. Then there's another one, close-up details on the strands, structures, and particles found in the blood clots. And then there's crystal-shaped structures that are attached to a bark-like structure of the blood clot. And always remember that the dark purple color is actually the violet stain that they use to be able to see the structures, like I said before. The next one is fibrous material, just not congealed blood cells. They say that this is no way a normal blood clot. They have structure and are fibrous. They are clearly being built by the body using protein synthesis instructions to create this large mass that resembles a muscle tissue. There's another series that shows to, appears to resemble a silicon-based microchip. They cannot claim with certainty that this is a circuit. It just resembles a microchip that looks like, you know, microchip circuitry. Then there's these chalk-like white particles. And an embalmer told her that the blood emptied from the bodies of these people during embalming often appears to show chalk-like white particles, which are visible even to the naked eye. The microscopy photos seem to have captured some of these chalk-like white particles, which resist staining and seem to be scattered across certain regions of this clot. There are nanowire structures. They're repeating structural scales. There's a stunning look at what appears to be a microscale wire. Zooming in, we see a series of repeating structures along the top that appear to be nanoscale wire interface junctions. It is made of repeating segments, and its outer layer is covered in a scale-like pattern resembling reptile skin. They say, for the record, they do not know what these structures are. It's clear that it doesn't belong anywhere in the circulatory system. And then this fiber, it's, they say it's not a human hair. It's firmly attached to the blood clot, and when they tried to remove it, it would not tear away easily. This is not a contamination issue. It is a structure emanating from the blood clot itself. They say that they don't know what all these structures are, but they know they are not clotted blood cells. When magnified to 1,500 times, it would be able to see individual blood cells, and these are not blood cells. They are protein structures. Protein structures circulating in the blood, building up over time, are clearly being constructed by the body cells. The ribosomes in the cells instruct the body in, on what proteins to construct. These ribosomes are hijacked by mRNA gene therapy injections, which overwrite new instructions to the cells, causing them to manufacture something other than human. They believe the structures you're seeing are above the, res the result of mRNA protein syntheses, which have been injected into people under the false umbrella of vaccines. They are welcoming input from other experts that have theories or explanations. They say more research is needed to confirm the function and composition of these structures, but because of the extreme censorship and science authoritarianism that now exists in the world, no lab or university will dare examine these clots or honestly report results. They would do so if they did, they would risk losing all NIH funding to federal grants since the, since the very same people who engineer the vaccines and bioweapons also control most of the science funding in America and all over the world, honestly. Therefore, only independent scientists, labs, and journalists will dare tell the truth about these clots. So they want to reiterate, these are not blood clots. They are structures in the blood. 
They said their grave concern is that every person who has been injected with mRNA instructions may be constructing fibrous structures inside their body at this very minute, and it's only a matter of time before they block major arteries and cause a heart attack, stroke, or other acute causes of sudden adult death syndrome. They believe these structures very well may explain why so many healthy adults are suddenly dying. There is a video associated with this article that you can check out and it will go through all of those images. Next is a mysterious case. A Malaysian mother was left mystified after she filmed her son on a carnival ride and noticed there was another boy sitting beside him, but then that boy vanished. It literally goes around in a circle and when he comes back around, this boy sitting next to her son was gone. Where the hell did this kid come from? In the video, two children are visible riding the yellow cart as it quickly zips past the camera. However, only her son is visible when the fake automobile returns for the second time. When the riot is finished, the mother remembers, my son came down, but the boy next to him did not appear. When she asked her son about his companion, the boy did not remember anyone sitting next to him and was equally confused after watching the video. Some people say that this was can be debunked, saying there was a boy riding alongside ducking down on the right as it cart pe- the cart passed by, but I, I'm pretty skeptical. I do believe this is a legit anomaly. Some say that there were two pieces of footage edited together, but the mother insists that her footage is genuine. I believe her. Next is this crazy story about an unidentified creature that was captured on surveillance at the Texas Zoo. City of Amarillo asked Facebook followers if anyone could identify or had any information on this strange-looking creature. Picture was taken at 1.25 a.m. on May 21st, 2022. And they're like, um, do you have any ideas of what this unidentified Amarillo object could be? And somebody commented, clearly it's a young werewolf. Well, that's kind of what it looks like. Another one said, rocket raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy. Kind of looks like that too. Some people say it was someone in a costume that was probably drunk. And if it's not human, then Chupacabra is their best guess or maybe it's Bigfoot doesn't look like Bigfoot but it does look like a creepy cryptid. Check out the article below. A particular study in SciPost.org uncovers the psychological consequences of two distinct kinds of humor in depression patients. Humor is widely known for positive emotional regulation. Previous research has shown that it can alleviate negative outcomes. There are different types of humor based on stress. There's making jokes about the stressor and then making jokes that are off topic. The study aims to understand the effects of each of those types of humor on improving negative emotions for people with remitted depression. Anna Braniecka and her colleagues were the, were the researchers in this experiment, and they recruited their sample from outpatient psychiatric clinics. Their final sample was 94, 65 women, and 29, 29 men age range of 18 to 65. They all have remitted depression and they were randomly assigned to three groups, stress-related humor, stress-unrelated humor, and non-humorous regulation, which was the control group. They were to arrive at the lab in person and complete self-report measures on emotions and then encouraged to share about their own stressful situations. They wrote down what they feared and then answered a series of questions until the outcome was ridiculous. For stress unrelated humorous scenario involved an unknown fictional person, the control participants identified positive and negative parts of the scenario. All participants answered questions and then had a delay period 
where they watched a nature video. Then they answered more questions about the video, how much they thought about their stressful situation during the video. Results show that both types of humor were able to improve emotion, stress, and intrusive thoughts better than the non-humor interventions did. Despite this, the positive effects of humor-related intervention are very short-lived, participants returning to baseline around 20 minutes after the intervention. Individuals' ability to use humor in the face of distress is not negatively affected by depression symptoms. Researchers hypothesized that stress-related humor would yield better results than stress-unrelated humor, but this turned out to not be true. Both types of humor had similar effects on positive emotions. So to joke about the stressful situation versus to joke about something totally random, it's all, it's all good. The study took strides in understanding humor as a tool for emotional regulation, but it still has its limitation. One of the limitations is that research is limited to just short-term effects of humor, and it's possible that long-term effects would be different. Additionally, the study did not have an intervention that was not humor-based and not related to the stressor. Future research could incorporate this. I think this is fascinating because psychological or sociological experiments are very, very difficult to design and to, to cover all bases and for it to be completely objective is, is a really hard thing to do. So kudos to those researchers to be able to do that. But yeah, laughing about our stressors or bad situations will help, at least in the short term. And that'll get us beyond, you know, the immediate stress, the immediate depression, because the next day is usually a little bit better. Next is a ridiculous article from PBS about how far-right groups are increasingly targeting the LGBTQ community. I am going to point out some bullshit in this article. It says that there's been several recent incidents where far-right white supremacist groups have targeted these people, including last weekend at a Pride event in Idaho during a drag story hour J.M. Berger, a writer and researcher, focuses on extreme ideologies and has written four books on the topic. He, will, he joins William Brand in this, art, in this interview. So Judy says, there's been several recent incidents where far-right far groups have targeted this other group of people. And William Brangham explores what's behind these troubling attacks. So for one, they were not targeting... I don't even think they were a real group, but even if they were, they were not targeting people. They were there to counter, or they were there to protest what they were doing. So William says, um, he says, in Quarter Lane, Idaho, 31 men believed to be members of the white nationalist group Patriot Front were arrested as they traveled in a U-Haul truck to allegedly riot the local Pride Month celebration. And then in San Lorenzo, California, a group of men believed to be a part of a violent far-right Proud Boys entered a public library shouting homophobic and transphobic slurs as threats and threats to parents as kids attended the Drag Time Story Hour. Let me insert my opinion there. I highly doubt that they were shouting homophobic and transphobic slurs, but they were protesting the Drag Time Story Hour, and they should. And then, so Harris, Moshe Deddy, lives in the community, works at UC Berkeley. He was part of the group of local leaders who denounced the Proud Boys. He asked him what that group was trying to do. He said they were there to cause terror and cause harm. There is so much misunderstanding, and I think there's a lot of hate towards the LGBTQ plus community that really probably comes from fear. But I think that it was that... I think that was the intended purpose, was to stop the program and to say that the community is not inclusive and welcoming. And I think that was their intention. 
We are seeing a rapid rise in discriminatory policies across the country, but in the San Francisco Bay Area is not Texas. It's not Florida. And so the fact that this can happen right here in the Bay Area is cause for concern because this is no longer an issue that's far away. This is our home. It's our backyard. So she asked, could you just help us understand what might seem to be a disconnect for some people? Why is it that these far-right white supremacist groups would be targeting this particular community? Well, J.M. Berger, the author of Extremism, extremism says there's a lot of these groups that are strongly identify strong identity based and focused on sort of toxic masculine identities that are very focused on gender not as their primary interest but as a secondary marker of identity he also says that you can see you know as far as far-right groups you can see in jihadist groups such as isis where people have non-conforming or unexpected types of gender presentations or sexual practice sexual orientations that it's a visceral kind of hatred so these groups will give you a rationale. They have justifications. They will talk about birth rates, gender, biological gender, and the sacred, sacred duty to procreate. William Brigham says, um, do you have a sense that there is a connection here? We saw types of attacks. We saw the attack in Buffalo. We saw the Tree of Life in El Paso and years before that. Are there isolated acts or are there connections? Well, JM says that there's definitely connections. The temperature of the far and violent extremist right in this country has been rising, and what we're seeing is real interplay between these fringe movements, such as Patriot Front or Proud Boys, and more mainstream kind of far-right outlets. I do not think that it's rising, actually. They really want people to think that white supremacism is a huge problem, and it it's really not. I mean, the, the percentage of people that feel that way, are it's very, very low. I would say less than 1%, honestly. So he goes on to say, what we see on Fox News or OANN, some of these new right-wing media outlets are really, really alarming levels of rhetoric directed at these communities. And then he gives a really long acronym, LGBTQIA+. That's just, that's too much, really. He says, I'm using all of those letters because all of them are in the crosshairs here. Really, the language that we're hearing from purportedly mainstream kind of outlets is alarming and violent. Hmm. William Brigham asks, I mean, given that if this is moved from the fringe, you're describing it, these are more mainstream megaphones that seem like it's going to make it difficult to try to address them or tamp this down or tamp it out. And J.M. Berger says it's much harder. A lot of research and understanding that we have in this country about violent extremism is based on the idea that is extremism is a fringe activity. So a lot, because it is, it is. Um, he goes on to say, a lot of the expertise in this area, including myself to some extent, came up with the post-9-11 era of thinking about violent extremism, such as jihadism, and jihadists never had any tiny constituency in this country. It's always a very marginal community, and so it's much easier to deal with, both from a perspective sort of law enforcement and public safety, but also terms in social safety, social hygiene. Hmm. Buzzword? So basically he says that it's around 10 to 20%, maybe 30% of the country who are in some way sympathetic to those views, which is such bullshit, okay? He says it's metastasizing and our ability to combat it is really heavily dependent on political process. J.M. Berger says in his field, there's lots of different views about what's gonna come next, like an impending civil war in America. But he says it's still very bad looking at the trajectory of this country being some more of akin of the years of lead in Europe or more akin to post-construction, reconstruction era violence in this country. 
I think it's almost inevitable that we're going to see increasing amounts of political violence and identity-driven violence. And it's going to be a very difficult process to walk back from the precipice on this. He says, I think what we see happen in the midterm elections in November and what we see happen in 2024, I'm going to say, okay, this is me, predictive programming and propaganda. That's what they're, they're pushing, that we're going to see more violence. They're fear-mongering. They are um, stereotyping a large percentage of the country. I would say that at least 50, maybe a little less, maybe a little bit more percent are against the sexualization of children, at least, you know what I mean? And it's just, what is the sexualization of children? Well, drag queens, and I love drag queens. I love going to gay bars. I love going to drag clubs, but it's adult entertainment. The content is very risky. It's very sexual. It's very vulgar. And it's, I mean, it's fun for adults, but it is just that for adults. And Ashley and I, when we talk, we get into this a little bit about how a, there are a lot of LGBT um, community members that are very against having these drag story times or these drag shows geared towards all ages event. I mean, I'm sure you guys saw Christina Aguilera up there with her strap on simulating masturbation while another girl was on her knees right in front of her. That was at an all ages event. There were kids there, and it's totally inappropriate to simulate sexual acts in front of children. In fact, I think it, it should be illegal if it's not already, okay? And it's, you know, they're really, really pushing the brink on this one, and that's why people are upset. They don't, they don't think it's right. Okay, next one is a woman was charged with a felony. <laughs> okay, nobody wants to be charged with a felony. So many bad things come with being charged with a felony. Well, this Texas woman was charged with one because she spit on a corpse at a funeral home during a viewing. According to the arrest affidavit, Lori Hines, 51, walked into a funeral home in Tyler, Texas, and walked straight up to a casket and spit on the corpse. A witness in the scene said she had animosity towards the family of the person in the casket. The police obtained a warrant and arrested her, like, literally a couple months later after the event. She was arrested. She was, um, she, well, she got the warrant arrest on January 4th, and then she was arrested June 5th and charged with a state jail felony abuse of corpse, and she posted $2,500 bond. I guarantee that's not good. I mean, you get charged with a felony, you lose your Second Amendment right. It's hard to find a job. Even you literally, you have to get an attorney to get that expunged and it's not cheap. So whatever you do, I don't care how pissed off you are. Do not go into a viewing and spit on a corpse. Just don't, you know, you may have your feelings about that person or whatever. Just don't. Next is the China 30, 737 crash. They're saying it might've been a murder suicide. It crashed in March 21st of this year. Radar tracking of the aircraft showed it made a dramatic nosedive down from cruising altitude. It leveled for a little bit for like less than 30 seconds, but then it nosed down again into the ground, killing all 132 on board. Radar data points to intentional downing of the aircraft, and they've seen it before. A co-pilot took down an Egypt air jet in 1999, and then there was a German wings co-pilot who did the same thing in 2015. Now this... Uh, Data from the China Eastern crash suggests that this is the same situation. 
China's preliminary report on this, he's re it's required to be filed within 30 days of the crash, and it gave very few clues about what actually happened, so it kind of seems like they're covering something up. This drew immediate response from the Chinese through the state-directed newspaper, Global Times, they quoted the Chinese aviation investigative body, CAAC, as saying it had been assured by the U.S. National Transportation Safety Board, which is party to the investigation, that it had not released information. Global Times suggests that the refuted, that refuted the claim of the plot murder-suicide. It does not. The investigation into this crash highlights the problems and sensitivities when many parties are involved. International rules call for the state wherein the crash occurred to lead the investigation, but those rules also say the plane maker and certification authorities should be invited to join the investigation. Boeing, FAA, and NTSB are parties to the Chinese investigation. The Chinese government owns the majority share of China Eastern Airlines, so the owner of the airline is investigating its own employees and their actions. It's not an unusual situation. Even though U.S. investigators may have a very good idea what happened, the Chinese are lead and are responsible for the release of all pertinent information. They are saying that we can learn a lot from what the Chinese are not saying. Quote, Herzman said, The fact that they are not saying something right now really is telling us they haven't yet found anything important enough to address all our aircraft are like this. One veteran investigator said the truth will come out. If for some reason the Chinese come up with a probable cause and the U.S. does not agree with that probable cause, they have the ability to submit an alternative view. This is what happened in the past, and for now, U.S. investigators are patiently waiting for the Chinese to complete their investigation, which could easily go into next year. And in the interim, they will continue to collaborate and build trust to ensure aviation safety. That's fucking scary. The fact that the pilot could just nosedive into the ground killing everybody on board because he's having, you know, an emotional crisis. Fuck that shit. Inside Edition did an update on what they were calling the QAnon killer. Basically, we've been talking about him. Every time we get a new update, we talk about Matthew Coleman. This is the surfer dad out of California who killed his two young kids with a spear gun. He is talking out a little bit. He wrote a jailhouse letter that was obtained by People Magazine, and he wrote, quote, I was deceiving myself. I know now that the reptile DNA thing was a delusion in my own mind, and I made myself believe something that wasn't there. People Magazine writer, a friend of mine actually, Steve Helling, he said about, he told Inside Edition, quote, I would say that Matthew Coleman has regrets, and he is expressing regrets when he is writing other people. These regrets are that he didn't spend more time with his family. He spent too much time reading these message, message boards. I don't know that he understands quite yet the extent and depth of how delusional some of the things he was believing were, but he's getting there, end quote. I guess Matthew Coleman is starting to try to sort out his thoughts about the murder. He has remorse. He feels like he was a victim of um, a delusion, and I, you know, there's so much more to this story that we just don't know, and I'm just dying. I'm dying to know. Matthew Coleman has pleaded not guilty. By reason of what? I don't know. It doesn't, they don't release very much information. Next is a horrific story. I don't know. Maybe put earmuffs on. Hopefully you're not listening to this with kids or anybody who's super sensitive, but it's awful. Two women in Arizona are facing felony charges in connection with the horrific death of a nine-year-old girl who died from symptoms connected to untreated hair lice. Sandra Cray 
Krakovich, 38, and the girl's mother, Elizabeth Krakovich, 64, the girl's grandmother, have both been charged with first-degree murder. Tucson Fire Department on the morning of March 22nd responded to a 911 call about an unresponsive child. According, get rid of that. Upon arriving at the gated community residence, first responders discovered an unconscious nine-year-old girl. They attempted to perform life-saving procedures and then contacted the police department. Medics were not able to resuscitate her and she was pronounced dead at the scene. Officials said that there were large amounts of bugs that began to cover her face. Upon closer inspection, it was discovered that there was an enormous amount of lice in her hair. In an interview with the police, Sandra reportedly said that her daughter suffered from anemia and had been ill since March 15th, with symptoms including headaches, sore throat, fever, difficulty breathing, and trouble keeping her balance. One of the victim's older siblings reportedly told the police that her mother had attempted to treat the lice using mouthwash. Text messages between the two women showed that they chose not to seek medical treatment for the child. Sandra had sent messages to her boyfriend on March 14th and 15th, stating she knew that she needed to get her daughter to the hospital. A week later, on March 21st, she wrote, Oh my God, babe, listen, I'm in my room and my mom called me. It's redacted here and says, Was asking if I could check on her to make sure she isn't dying. End quote. Sandra's boyfriend reportedly told her to take the kid to the hospital, but she refused. Texts between Sandra and Elizabeth also appear to show the lice infestation played a pivotal role in the lack of medical treatment. Elizabeth, who reportedly watched Sandra's children while Sandra worked, threatened to call 911 for her granddaughter. However, she decided against calling for help, saying that the child can't go to the ER with her hair, but that's left to me because you're not home. In an interview, Sandra allegedly admitted that if she had sought medical care, her daughter would probably still be alive. Sandra and Elizabeth were both arrested in March and charged with felony child abuse stemming for their treatment of this poor little girl and their, her siblings ages 11 and 13. Police said that both children were also suffering from severe life, lice infestations and they were placed in the custody of other family members. Pima County Medical Examiner conducted an autopsy and determined the little girl's cause of death was neglect. I don't, I, this just fucking pisses me off so bad. They lived in a gated community. Didn't the neighbors notice anything? Did, were there other family members? The other kids are in custody of other family members. Didn't anybody fucking notice anything? How can this kid die from lice? That's all I got for Stacy Socials. Accountability segment. First, I'm sorry about our interview sound quality. Zoom recordings are not the best, but until I figure out how to do it better, it will be that way. So that's it. Suck it up. I expect more from myself and I appreciate my listeners. Um, but, you know, for now, turn up the volume during the interviews to be able to hear us better. And don't forget to turn it down before I come back because <laughs> I'm still I'm still a novice when it comes to audio production and editing. And I I also work close to 60 hours a week, so it takes me a little extra time to learn new things. So thank you for your patience. Next, I hate to be such a downer with these stories like um, Stacy Socials above, but it, it has to be talked about because we are responsible for our children. Why are cared for kids taken from a caring parent and given to the state or even an accused abuser while other kids are murdered by their family? I do not understand how and why this happens. 
This kind of reminds me of the Supreme Court decision that was just revealed today. They are overturning the famous court precedent of Roe v. Wade. And speaking of killing kids, I'm pro-choice, but I also respect the sanctity of life, and I would never want anything like that on my conscience. I'm grateful that life never led me to be enforced to choose to terminate a pregnancy. I've only been pregnant twice, and I wanted both of my kids, so I feel very blessed about that. And I also, I had a mom who took me to the doctor to get on birth control because she wasn't going to be able to control if I was sexually active or not. And it all comes down to personal accountability, and I do not believe the government should be allowed to make medical decisions for us. But I also feel that a baby's life is their own life, even while in the womb, and they must be protected. This is a difficult topic, and I feel compassion for those that are having to make such a difficult and emotional decision, as well as people that are being prevented from making those decisions. And I don't think that that's right. And I do not I do not feel that women's rights are at stake, like a lot of people say. I do think there's a lot of catastrophizing going on, and I scoff at it, because where the hell were they during the coercion and extortion of people to take an experimental gene therapy? Where are they as these people are dying suddenly? Hmm? There's fucking crickets. Business, follow me on all my socials. I linked them all in the show notes, so it's really easy. Just click and follow. Make sure that you shoot me a message and be like, hey, it's me. I, I listened to you on the show. Uh, Telegram link is below. Patreon link below. Inward Survival's down there. Go visit the website. And uh, Twitter, at Stacy Fringe, needs some followers too. There's also a link for Forbidden Clothes. If you want some snarky t-shirts to say F you to the man, go to ForbiddenClothes.com. Use the discount code FRINGE or just use the link below and go check out and see what they have because they got some really cool shit. Fringe with Benefits has a mailbag. Please send your stories, your true to real life stories to fringewithbenefits at protonmail.com. I mean, you can send me a story like you could pretend like it's a Reddit thread and just pour your heart out. I don't have to share your name or any of that stuff, but I want to hear especially your paranormal stories or any kind of strange occurrences that you were witness to. Please send it to fringewithbenefits at protonmail.com. This week, I'm going to share a post from one of my Facebook friends, Travis. I'm not going to share his last name because he doesn't know I'm doing this. <laughs> so I thought that this was really important for people to get a good grasp on. And I don't know how true it is, but that's what we're here for. Speculation, baby. Okay, so this is what it says. Quote, Scary stuff. If you want to be an informed American, please take the time to read. Okay. They are trying to crush our country and bring it to a halt so they can bring in the new world order. Our country is standing in the way of this. Only way for it to move forward is to stop the U.S. completely. Most important info you need to know today in regards to what you should be prepared for when it comes to buying products for consumption. That's including food, etc. Do you know what DEF fluid is? It's diesel exhaust fluid. Every diesel truck that has been made since 2010 is required to use it. It's a product made of 67% urea fertilizer and 33% distilled water. Every diesel truck you see driving down the road today has to have this product to drive. The engines will not start without it. There are regulators inside of the engine that mix with the DEF with the diesel to reduce diesel emissions. That's the purpose. Right now, Russia is the largest exporter of urea by a wide margin. Qatar is second. Egypt and China are tied for third. 
Both Russia and China have decided to no longer export urea. On top of that, India is the largest manufacturer of urea in the world, even though they consume most of what they make. What little they would export, they no longer do. They are now stopping the exportation of any and all urea, minus a deal they just cut with Sri Lanka. What does this mean for you and me? Well, first, the United States imports most of its urea fertilizer. We are the third largest importer in the entire world. We depend on other countries to eat, drive, and ship our products. Secondly, Flying J is the largest service provider for truckers around the U.S. I'm sure you've seen their massive gas stations when traveling around the country. Flying J gets 70% of their DEF fluid from shipments via Union Pacific Railroad. Union Pacific has a single-user access to the fertilizer plants that the urea DEF fluid comes from. No other rail provider has access to these distribution points. This means Flying J just cannot go around Union Pacific, and Union Pacific is in charge for a reason I'm going to mention in a few paragraphs. Flying J provides 30% of all DEF consumed in the United States. Union Pacific has told Flying J to reduce their shipments by a whopping 50%, and if they do not comply, then they will be completely embargoed. That would, in effect, bankrupt Flying J. This means that 15% of all DEF consumed by truckers in the U.S. is no longer available at the largest travel service center for the entire trucking industry. Rome rotted from the inside out. It was easily invaded because it was occupied with internal problems. It appears that we have discovered the trigger, DEF fluid. If this holds up, DEF shortages will be the catalyst that causes food shortages in the coming months. Not only is there a shortage of fertilizer to grow crops in drought-stricken states, see Kansas's drop in wheat production for 2022, but now it looks like unless the federal government intervenes via the Defense Production Act, which I no longer confident they will, there is going to be an absolute massive shortage of trucking in the coming months. There simply isn't going to be DEF fluid sufficient to keep engines running and moving. Home Depot is now limiting the amount of DEF you can buy in their stores. I would think long and hard about the decisions you are making right now. Where you live, what you spend your money on, how you prepare. This is so real that the CEO of Flying J, Shamit Kanar, was summoned to a surface transportation board hearing to give them all this info. From what I'm reading, BlackRock is the majority shareholder of Union Pacific Railroad. How is that important? America's biggest fertilizer producer is CF Industries. Their largest shareholder is BlackRock. BlackRock controls the fertilizer industry in the U.S. Union Pacific has exclusive rights to distribution points of fertilizer. Urea is fertilizer. Flying J needs urea, DEF, and BlackRock is controlling everything. The chairman of the BlackRock Investment Institute is Tom Donilon, President Obama's former national security advisor. Tom Donilon's brother, Mike Donilon, is a senior advisor to Joe Biden. Tom Donilon's wife, Catherine Russell, is the White House personnel director. Tom Donilon's daughter, Sarah Donilon, who graduated college in 2019, now works in the White House National Security Council. It appears BlackRock is spearheading and dismantling. It appears BlackRock is spearheading the dismantling of the U.S. system on behalf of globalists. And the first domino they are pushing over is the energy sector. They are using DEF to get the party started. End quote. 
Now, if none of the, the food issues or the um, controlled demolition of food industry, fertilizer industry, all this stuff wasn't enough, now we have this. This is going to drive up our food prices. I don't even know what percent, but it's going to be exponential. If you have not already started preparing and storing food and buying extra stuff, hopefully you've been doing this for a few years now, but if not, you need to start now. I know things are really incredibly expensive right now, but it's going to be so much more expensive in the coming months that you might want to get a jump on that and make sure that you grab yourself some bags of rice and beans for your closet. Not only that, you should probably be stockpiling gasoline just in case or any other kind of medications or anything that your family might need. Okay. My prayers are with everybody and I hope that all of this is not going to happen. I hope it's all wrong, but I have a feeling that it's going to come to pass. It's going to get a lot uglier before things start getting better. Welcome back everyone to Fringe with Benefits and Into the River. Have you heard edition with Stacy and I? What's up, sister? What is up? How are you? It's been a while. <laughs> I know it has. It's, I'm good. I'm good. I'm literally like today I was like, what is even the news? I had to kind of like go through and remind myself because it has been a while. And I feel like a lot has transpired that's probably irrelevant at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah same here I and I'm thinking like I really need a ring light because I have no lighting in here I have all the lights off so sorry if I look all washed out no you look good yeah I got a ring light and I love it I'm not gonna lie I feel you always look so little, nice and glowy I was a little embarrassed to buy it but I'm like you know what <laughs> <laughs> anyway so do you want to just like jump right into important topics well, yeah, I mean, there's so much going on. I, I had to do a little bit of review too, because I'm, I'm in my own little echo chamber of things that I, I only see because, um, and I don't, you know, pay attention to the mainstream news unless I'm trying to kind of see what they want us to see. I guess the first thing I want to bring up is, of course, it's all over the place is the drag your kids to pride thing and the drag shows and the the library drag um book readings and all this really weird perverted shit that people are like all about what is going on what is going on honestly like I have a moment because you and I are very similar and like our liberal backgrounds mm -hmm. and very open to everyone but I, I've been so frustrated with it and I had a moment the other day where I was kind of like am I just stuck in an echo chamber to where I'm seeing more of this or is it really happening it's and happening it really is yeah. like and it's happening with schools with churches and like I had to kind of sit with it for a while and break it down because I'm like am I turning into a prude now that I'm more on the like conservative side of things I'm like no no because I never remembered seeing the children involved back in the day Never. You know I mean, it's an adult thing. I love drag shows. I've always loved going to West Hollywood. I love the gay bars. I love the drag queens. I always, always loved it. But it's always been an adult um, entertainment. It's always been late night at the club, adults only. It's all adult content. 
the jokes are dirty, the costumes are really sleazy, and that's like the whole point. And the fact that they're bringing these kids not only into the clubs, but um, they're taking the drag queens to the schools, to the libraries, to the parks, performing on stage in front of families, in front of kids. It's not like they've cleaned it up at all. It's the same bit that they perform for us at the club. You missed me? You lost me? Just temporarily, but you're back. Just say what oh, you just said again. That was weird. Um, it, it's the same bit that they've been doing at the club. It's not like they've cleaned it up a little bit. It's not like it's um, PG even or G-rated. It's it's still rated R. <laughs> and it's Absolutely. fucking gross. It is gross. And there was, a, there was a drag queen that was speaking out recently. I posted it. I have a, a highlight called pride and it's just, it's good and bad. It's all mm-hmm. the things, but it's just my version of how I see June. But um, this drag queen was speaking out specifically saying how wrong this is because he was like, this is adult spaces. And in the back of the room, the content and the things that are going on, there's a lot of drugs still being had. There's a lot of sexual things. There's a lot of nudity. And he was just like, this is completely inappropriate for children. And he was like, if I see any children come into our adult clubs, I'm going to shut that shit down. And so I'm so grateful to see a person within the community start to speak up about this. Actually, a lot of people are starting to get really vocal. And that's what I've said from day one is the people within the community need to be the loudest. So they're not just brushed off as right wing or super religious. We need people who understand and see it from within. Absolutely. Uh, Did you happen to see Christina Aguilera with her strap on simulating (laughs) masturbation on stage for the pride (laughs) all ages show event? Uh, Of course I did. How could I not? In my echo chamber, I saw that dildo more than I'd like to admit. And um, yeah, it just, you know, I was also just kind of like, is she a part of the community? I get that like everyone loves their divas within the gay community specifically. But yeah, I just, it's an all ages thing. That's my, I'm like, do we need dildos? And you know, what's really concerning to me? It's like, I hate the sexualization stuff. But more importantly, the focus on sex is sad to me because the community has so many different things to offer and to bring forth. There are so many uh, intelligent, uh, monogamous or whatever, people who keep their bedroom stuff separately, people who have a lot to bring and a lot to say. And the fact that the entire community is seen through the lens of over hypersexuality is it's just bullshit like I have you know some close friends who are super monogamous gay people very private about their sex life like I don't understand why it's kind of been dubbed like yeah it's like vulgarity. a vulgarity yeah yeah it yeah. is and mm. I have I have some gay friends too that um they have left the whole scene because of of the how how deviant a lot of it and the um the promiscuity that and the drug use and it's just this like really weird um summer of love free for all and they're not down with that because they do they have standards and morals and they want to be in a monogamous relationship they don't fuck everybody um and it's it's almost an anomaly for somebody in the gay community from what i hear to be um more more reserved 
and more conservative when it comes to being sexual and that they just don't give it away. And there's all different kinds. Well, you don't even have to be sexual. Like I, like I'm, I don't like to show too much when I'm out in public. You know what I mean? There's like, it's, there's a modesty factor that it's just like, why are we taking it down to the lowest level? It's so crazy. I know it's, it's really weird and it's just really gross. So that was the first thing I wanted to talk about. Well, off of that, just to kind of spin it in a positive light. One of the things I was going to bring up is I follow the offensive tranny on Instagram. Do you follow him? Mm -mm. He's incredible. He's fully transitioned. He shares his story, but he's more conservative and he started uh, the Danish Rainbow Council this week, and it's basically a pride celebratory group for people who believe that there are two genders, they're against children transitioning, they're against indoctrination in schools with the transgender issues, and they're for protecting female spaces. And I'm so excited for this because I'm starting to see a a reemergence with like Buck Angel with Blair White, with the offensive training, with the gay who's straight. There's a lot of people who have big accounts who are getting the word out there. And one thing that recently came up was Jordan. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. I'm having sound issues. Uh, Jordan Peterson retweeted their press release the week that nice. they came out. So that's really big and awesome. So just to highlight that there are a lot of people who are speaking up right now. And yeah. that's very exciting to me. That is very exciting because they really have to preserve all the work that they've done. I mean, they didn't do all that. So these people could just run them through the mud like that. It's, it's exactly. fucked up. Exactly. It's, it's very upsetting. It's giving the whole community a bad name. And yeah, the thing about people speaking up who don't agree with the woke mob or the cult of thinking is they're actually representing true diversity, which is what the community cleanse stands for so yeah absolutely (laughs) um yeah let's see I will uh pivot into this we'll just get it out of the way because it is the talk of the week have you possibly heard that Joe Biden fell on his bike (laughs) that's the only positive thing I have on my list (laughs) when I saw that I was like oh my god and then so I'm looking and I hate to be real woo, but do those legs look like the legs of a 70 something year old? It's just weird. He has no age spots, no, no, nothing that would be indicative of an elderly man. I'm like, those look like the legs of a 20 year old. So either he's in really great shape or, um, that's not him. I don't Or he's a, or he's a clone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly have ruled absolutely nothing out at this point, but yeah. So it was funny. Um, it also reminded me of how much I am truly in an echo chamber as we were mm-hmm. just discussing, just because my Instagram, like when something like this happens, it's like my Instagram and I love it because I won't miss anything important, but it's also frustrating. I saw Joe Biden fall. I, I actually recorded like a 30 second clip and I it was that. amazing. Like how many times he, I think it was a 10 second clip and it was literally like, I saw it six times, him falling. And I get it, I get it. And uh, I I really think what they're trying to do is they're setting him up for a 20th Amendment. Mm-hmm. But that's just my conspiracy hat. Um, I know that Trump mentioned it at the Alamo. I don't know if you remember, but he basically was like, 25th Amendment, 
can affect me, but Joe Biden should look out for it. And then we've seen Pelosi talking about being second in line after mm. Kamala for the position. I don't know. It just seems like the the fake news and CNN are talking a lot more about his health issues and his decline. So when they admit it, are they priming us for something? Yeah, possibly. I think you're right on the money. Yeah, that's is really pointing us in that direction. It seems like he keeps having a biff or he falls down or he's he, he runs his words together. He doesn't pronunciate. He's he's a mess. And then he starts yelling at people. He whispers, you know, I'm your commander in chief. <laughs> and then he yells. What was the yelling about last week? I can't remember. Oh, he was like talking about how we're doing great or something. Yeah, he it was, was like, saying. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about this excessive spending. You're kidding me, right? <laughs> oh, like, why are you yelling at me, Grandpa? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Yeah, and on the other hand, just I want to say this. Um, I get that he fell, and it's funny, and I get that it could be something else. But also, um, I just remember when Trump would make a mistake and they would just go to the lowest hanging fruit in the way they mm-hmm. talked about him. And I don't like Joe Biden by any stretch of the imagination. I'm more concerned with uh, policies. Uh, I think the abundance of calling him out reminds me a bit of what the left did. And I'm yeah. not trying to be hypercritical of us, but you know me, I like to point things out. And I'm just kind of like, it just, it's, it does kind of make us look bad because people fall, you know, we've yeah. all fallen. And absolutely and it's just kind of you know how how much do we use that you know, of course it's fine to giggle I mean I would laugh if it were me there's or been even... some good memes there's been some incredible memes. <laughs> <laughs> also yeah another another funny thing did you see Mike Tyson dressed in the bumblebee costume he's got to be on shrooms or something and he's dancing he's like I feel beautiful <laughs> oh man recent yeah it's recent you gotta check it out it's really cute um, I need to make that my ringtone that's awesome he's found a new love in psychedelics and in mushrooms in particular and i think it's really helping him and god bless his sweet little soul for doing what he needs to do to feel better you know we all need to take a lesson yeah i do have another positive thing but let me get something crappy out of the way did you hear about the utah county prosecutor david levitt he's up for election and the sheriff mike smith came forward and he said he's got some witnesses and victims that he um, david levitt has involved in child ritual abuse as well as not only sexual abuse but murder cannibalism all the things we've heard about that him and his wife have been accused for decades that this has been they're ahead of this ring that's been doing this to people and when they put it out to the public they got over 20 something calls back not only that david levitt back in january when we knew that russia was going to invade ukraine he rushed he didn't even pack himself a bag he rushed with the clothes on his back to his apartment in ukraine to collect some documents and some personal items did you hear about that? So that fucker. I, he, yeah. I heard about it on your podcast. Actually, oh, did you listen? Hell yeah. I did. And I loved the way that you covered it. And I did not know about him going to Ukraine until I listened to on yours. I had heard the story. My dad told me about it. And it sounds to me like good news that this is coming out. But when you added that element, I was like, that's fishy. It's almost like worth looking into what he was doing there and the financial stuff between 
Absolutely. And there was another article that came out just a few days ago that he's under insane scrutiny by other attorneys because he's trying to disband the special victims unit, which are the ones that investigate child abuse and, and they don't like that. And so it seems like there's a lot of really serious talking heads that are not happy with this guy. And of course he's got his hands up like, this has all been debunked. My wife and I were innocent. You could see in his eyes that he's a, a monster. I don't, I don't know. I, I believe that it's going on. I think that that Sheriff Mike Smith is, he's a pioneer and it, he just got to keep going. He's got to keep going and pushing it forward and helping these victims. Well, Utah is a big hub for a lot of this stuff. Um, I have a friend coming on this week and we're going to talk about our experience in Utah and, and there's, a lot of crazy shit out there as really? far as any yeah I think any place that has a lot of open land I know California is really bad on the trafficking front and like the underground tunnels and all of that stuff we're like the worst but no cell service for like 100 miles and then you can see like Illuminati uh freemasonry symbols on the rocks like out half mile or so just like signaling things and then you see cell towers but there's no service for people driving through so something is out there and I got some really weird experiences last time that her and I were there that I'm going to go into later but yeah it doesn't surprise me all this coming from Utah and then my dad mentioned to me he's following it closer that that they were calling him out for this stuff, but they didn't mention cannibalism. And then when he got on there to defend himself, he brought up, I, and I haven't engaged in cannibalism and, and rituals. So it's almost like he volunteered some of this information that wow. they weren't even publicly accusing him of. So, um, yeah. He slipped in the shit right there, sounds like. Yeah. Well, on that topic, we might as well, before we get to better news, um, did you see that the Google employee recently who was fired for raising awareness about that doomsday call? It's called Fellowship of Friends. And apparently Google, who are part of this Fellowship of Friends, and they have a history for sex trafficking. Uh, Many men have come forward and said that they've been sexually abused they um they have these like festivals where the leader of the cult has sex with like hundreds of people in a day and like a lot of people have been coerced into things so anyway uh recently an employee was expressing concerns at google because a lot of these people are using their influence to bring in more members of their cult and also they're getting positions of power and he got fired (gasps) wow no i did not hear about that that's crazy Another yeah, definitely. Cult. Yeah, something I want to. They they were comparing it to what is it? And and Nexium. Nexium. Yeah, yeah. The article I read said that they are being compared to them. It's very similar. There's always the weird sex stuff. But why are they all at Google? I mean, are we surprised that like no. a tech company is full of sexual predators? Mm-mm. No. And you know what? I think that they kind of keep it kind of soft when with what they tell us, like the Nexium thing. I think they were doing way worse stuff than what they shared with us. Oh yeah, this cult, they're, I I read about half the article, I need to read the rest, but they're like forcing women into abortions who they've gotten pregnant and abusing a lot of men. So I I haven't heard anything with children, 
specifically, but then again, I need to dig deeper, but yeah. Wow. 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 Okay. I got something funny. It's kind of funny (laughs) and not funny. I don't know if you follow, I think her name's, this is savvy. She's a black woman out of new Orleans. So she did, there was a tweet by the mayor of new Orleans. There was a, a sculpture that was put up to and she claimed it was to commemorate Juneteenth and it was a fucking hair pick stuck into the ground you know like a hair pick that you'd stick in an afro and roll around with and so savvy is like no they didn't do this and so she gets on the rail car and she goes down there and she checks it out and she's like wow this is just bullshit well she did a little bit of a deeper dive into what it was it's a traveling art installation so the sculptures actually made its way around the country So it wasn't there for Juneteenth. It had nothing to do with that at all. But the mayor used it in her tweet to say that it did have something to do with Juneteenth. And I thought that that was hilarious and offensive. Sounds a little racist. Yeah, a lot, (laughs) a lot. But I thought it was pretty funny and she called it out and that was pretty good. And And then she clarified too. So if you don't follow her you got to check her out she's brilliant brilliant woman how do you how do you spell it s-a s-a-a-v-y um i don't remember the first part of it let me see if i can find her while we're on the on the phone we're on the phone right now we're recording (laughs) we'll have to i know we'll have to i know i'm looking up stuff we'll have to share the share her account down there i'd like i'm always looking for new instagram followers it's like are people to follow like trying to bust out of this one specific vein of thinking and yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, oh, oh yeah. It is. This is savvy and her name is Savannah. So it's just, this is savvy. No underscores, no dots or anything. She's awesome. No, I'll definitely check that out. Oh man. I feel like everything that I have is bad. Yeah, me Do too. Do you have anything more fun or should we wait and save well, that for the end? Um, let's just, I okay. The one thing I do want to talk about is Cash Patel has been on the Patriot News Network a lot and he started a website that's fightwithcash.com where you can give donations to help him in his fight. I think my internet connection is kind of crappy right now. But also he's got the durhamwatch.com and he's been putting up documents related to what Durham is doing and I thought that that was really positive because he's you know he's rolling pretty deep and he knows what he's talking about and I think that he's he's going to be a key player that's going to help us fight this thing that we're in right now so that was the the other one really good thing because everything else is just really doomsday you know it's dark no that is really good and I I listened to, I've kind of filtered out who I listened to at this point. And so I listened to this one woman I brought her up many times on here, but it's Tori says, and she has, uh, she's on rumble. She's on YouTube. She has a telegram channel, but she's been everything she's been saying since I started listening in 2020 has been spot on. And she's been kind of going against the grain with what a lot of people are reporting on. And so I'm just obsessed with her outlook and she is saying she's been saying for a while june and july would be really hard but um today on her show she was like beaming with excitement about something she's working on with a bunch of people and she knows rudy giuliani and a bunch of different those people but she um 
is saying something really good is coming. She can't talk about it just because the yes. nature of it. You can't leak this stuff. So I'm I rarely hear her like not say what she's wants to say, but she was like, I can't talk about it, but it's gonna be really good. Um, so but she's the one that encourages us the most to keep doing our part. So that's mm-hmm. why I love her because she's not just selling us this hopium and like telling us it's gonna be fine. She's like, it's really up to you how bad or good it's gonna be. Yes. But she does say in the end. God wins, we win. So I do believe that as well. So I'm really excited for what Durham's doing. And I like that he's like kind of keeping it under wrap. Mm-hmm. And I lost you again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Your face is freezing. That's on. Okay. So on to since we're talking about stuff uh related to politics, um, January 6th committee. Oh God! Have you caught any of that? Um, yeah. Are you, are you enjoying the witch hunt? It's infuriating. It's probably one of the most frustrating thing. I'll be in the gym because that's the only time I'll see the news and I'll see that crap up on the TV. And I just, I want to pull my hair out. I get really pissed off. It's, these people are still locked up. They're, you know, political prisoners. I can't believe they've been locked up for over a year and they still haven't been tried. Nothing. Um, and they haven't, it was total entrapment is what it was and more things are coming out luckily you know they're saying that trump was trying to call in the national guard pelosi wasn't going to allow it um ray epps where the fuck is he where are the other ones you know what happened with ashley babbitt i don't understand you know it's just a huge mess but yeah it's infuriating i just can't believe that they're wasting our taxpayer money on this crap when there's other things that are way more pressing well they're terrified that trump is going to run again which he is and they're yeah. doing everything in their power as they did during his entire four-year presidency to keep him from running again they're terrified because he throws a wrench in all of their bullshit and it's you know i've been watching it and here and there I haven't watched it all it's really hard to stomach but I'm just kind of I like to see where they're at and to me it just looks like complete and utter desperation and then you're even seeing like some of the CNN people uh combat some of the things they're saying like Rachel Maddow the other day was basically saying there's no connection between Trump's speech and what happened with that's weird the sex it was crazy crazy I was literally like am I hearing my ears because I feel like they see what a huge failure this is the ratings are so low really yeah and they've done the polls too of what people prioritize in this country and January 6th isn't even on the list like people don't even care it's inflation Mm -hmm. people are concerned about how they're going to pay for groceries and their gas prices and all of this bullshit like people are not concerned with this which and the more they continue with this the more stupid they look one they're holding a hearing where only one side is represented they're doctoring footage i mean the footage in that is so laughable and staged because one, all of that stuff happened, not to rehash this. I think I did a whole episode on this, but all of this stuff happened before Trump's speech was over. It took us probably 40 minutes to walk from where he had his speech to the Capitol. Wow. All of this stuff started before his speech started in a different side of the Capitol. 
it was all set up. They had this scaffolding there that shouldn't have been there, knowing we were coming, knowing people would climb it, which whatever. I mean, look at what happened during the summer of love. People are climbing things. No one cares. We're championing it. It's beautiful. People actually climbed the scaffolding and they had one of these giant flags. I have a video of it that they let down and it was so beautiful. It was an American flag. It was like huge. Mm -hmm. And, but why would they put the scaffolding there? It was all a setup. It was all to make us look bad. There was bad actors there. But like I said, like when I was there, it was the most beautiful celebration day. There was so much love. I was hugging, hugging strangers, crying with people because one, you're not only ostracized from your friends and family, for supporting this president um you're dealing with it from the media and from all sides being demonized called a deplorable racist and Nazi all this stuff so for me when we went it was like I wanted to be with people who I felt at home with Mm -hmm. and that's what it felt like it was the most beautiful day and then when we get back to the Airbnb we look at the news we're just like what (laughs) what is that I was right there I didn't Uh go in but I was right there on the Capitol steps and I had no idea no one knew we were singing songs and dancing and hugging it was like two different realities and I'm so grateful I went for that reason because now it just further ingrained in me how much they lie so when I'm watching the footage that's I'm like there's not a big enough crowd there we weren't who are these people and they're at a different side of the building so (laughs) that's wild that's crazy man I didn't I didn't know you were actually there you didn't that you went I know my boyfriend was thinking of going and now he's grateful that he didn't just because um no look look at what people are being arrested and they're being hunted down and holy hell yeah it was it was a beautiful experience I I went because one yeah like I said I just really wanted to be with people who are like-minded it it was such a rough experience everything Mm -hmm. that we had been through and I mean there was eight there were so many Asian women there who made me cry because they're holding these signs and asking us to sign these petitions to stop the CCP wow for what's happening to their family members and they knew that they found solace at home with us yeah. And they were everywhere. Like it was, there was music, there was drag queens, there was conservative drag queens. It was just like the most diverse, beautiful festival ever. There was older men, there was veterans, there was children. And to get home and see what they're doing to it is ridiculous. But most of my friends do know that even though they disagree with me politically, they're like, I know that that's not real. And yeah, that warms, warms my heart that they're not falling for it. Yeah, that's absolutely massive that they can see past it and I think things are overall totally improving um even even amongst all the death and them pushing the the jab to little kids and trying to convince people that was the next thing I wanted to bring up was the sudden um sudden adult death syndrome that they're trying to push on us saying that um, warm temperatures is causing blood clots, that this is much more common than, you know, than previously thought. What happened to Justin Bieber? I know we talked about his wife last time when she had the blood clot in her brain. She had a stroke. That's going to affect her for the rest of her life. Who knows what the Biebs has got going on. Um, Hopefully he's recovered. That's huge that that's out in the forefront and people are actually able to see that. But you know what? It's just us that are seeing it. I ask my kid, 
Hey, did you see Justin Bieber has facial paralysis? And he's like, no, you know, he had to go look for it because, you know, he's getting what everybody else is getting. So a lot of people don't know unless they're looking and it's it's a good Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just gonna say it's a good sign that your kid's not all up in social media because Justin did post it to his Instagram. Oh, did he? Good. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Good for him. Um, the next thing I wanted to bring up were the the red flag laws and the gun legislation well, that's moving through. Let's just really quickly before that, just since we're on the COVID train, I was gonna bring up. Did you see that the COVID vax temporarily impairs semen? No uh, concentration. So this is on PubMed. So they're admitting it finally on the NIH. So uh, this is something we've been talking about for how long now? <laughs> A couple of years. Okay. So yeah, they came out with it. Um, they're like, oh, it just temporarily impairs semen retention. So anyone hasn't heard of that, it is now officially, even though the data was all there and the risks were all there a long time ago, they're now coming out with it probably because they can't deny anymore. And I posted it in my stories, basically like, oh, cool. Like more stuff we've been shadow banned and banned from for right. (laughs) saying, yeah, I wonder if they're going to talk about anyway, that's yeah the um the the um the random miscarriages and all those pregnancies that failed because they convinced those pregnant women to get to get it while they were pregnant well to the the reality is pregnant women weren't allowed to participate in the original trials wow. and as we know everything we're in right now is still a trial because mm-hmm. it's actually not approved and they recently said the BioNTech uh, Comirnaty one that they approved was never made mm-hmm. and they're not going to actually make it. So what everyone's been taking has never been approved. So we're actually in the clinical trials, but the preclinical trials that they like to cite, they wouldn't allow pregnant women to do it. And if you were around a pregnant woman, uh, you needed her to call in and check. I'm, and they even said at work, or in your home, which means you're not sleeping with her. You're just in the same vicinity of her. She needs to call and make sure that she gets tested, that she doesn't have the spike proteins. This is all in the documentation for the Pfizer. Anyway, not to go back into COVID stuff, but as this stuff comes out, I'm just remembering, uh, I remember reading that study in 2020, 2021. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Wow. It's far more intricate and deceptive and that's murder. I I don't know. It's cut and dry that, that, that they are, they're guilty of murdering a bunch of people, thousands of people, children. (laughs) Jeez, Louise. Uh, It's still, it's still shocking. What was it? You were just about to go into. Oh, red flag (laughs) laws. Okay, so the gun legislation that's been passing as of uh, July 1st in our state, um, high capacity magazines, anything above 10 rounds is going to be banned. We can't buy it here anymore. We can own it, but we can't buy it. But who knows when the next step is going to be for them to say that we can't even have it. But also the red flag laws, they're calling it the extreme risk protection order. So basically people could call in and say, hey, my neighbor he seems mentally unwell, or this person seems dangerous. Will you please them that they will have license to go into your house and take and seize your guns until, until further notice. This is merely just allegations coming from anybody. It could be somebody in your family, somebody, and, and they can report anonymously. And then it gives the government or the state, the police 
the right to come into your house and seize your guns. Uh, you know, all these mass shootings and stuff. This has basically been pushing, um, pushing them to to move forward on this. So, anybody has any red flag laws coming up for vote, or you have any legislators that are up for election this year that plan to vote yes on red flag laws? They are not what they claim to be. Absolutely. We've been writing letters in a group that I'm in to all of our people in California on this. Um, This is people could say you said something on social media Mm -hmm. and and therefore they extrapolate that you are unfit or dangerous or a concern. It's just the fact that people don't see this and understand that they're just ushering in a police state. It's like we're just watching our, our rights be stripped away and that and the crazy thing on guns, I don't talk about it too much because it's such a hot topic and most people on my Instagram agree anyway, but it, the thing that people don't understand is criminals don't follow the law. And wow. I, I know it's like, it's such a simple thing, but they're basically taking protection from people who follow the law. I mean, why do you think the school shootings happen at schools mm-hmm. and Country. not at because they're gun free and it's posted all over the place that they're gun free because there's no one protecting these schools. They don't happen at public buildings where there's armed guards standing around. They don't happen at politicians house where they have security and practice. So these people are all armed. They're all protected and they want to take away our rights. The same people, by the way, that wanted to abolish the police. So (laughs) it's like, it's like we're supposed to step into this reality where We don't admit that violence exists in the world. And it's also horrible that they use these tragedies to take away our rights and change laws when, I don't know, the whole thing is disgusting to me. And they haven't come up with a solution to help it at all. It's not that difficult. No, they don't. They don't want a solution. They just want to leave us all vulnerable so they can can do what they want. And it's not going to happen. Not ever. Just like the transhumanist agenda that they've been pushing over in Davos and these uh, technological changes to our biological system, they're calling it an improvement when in actuality, it's just pushing us into more of a uh, more of a communist state. You know, they want us all easily monitored. This is the, the best form of surveillance that they've got. They want us all fat and on drugs and in the metaverse. So we are and eating crickets. <laughs> there was recently uh, a brand new facility popped up for cricket manufacturing for human consumption. It's a giant facility and they definitely want us to be eating bugs. And it's ironic. There's over a hundred now food plants that have been destroyed in fires, floods, all mm-hmm. different types of things over the last couple of years. And the most recent one, as much as it breaks my heart to even talk about is the dead cows. Yeah, that was that was on my list too. Is the these um, controlled demos of the food industry, the dead cows, the turkeys, the chickens, the, the egg factories? Um, there were seventeen I saw alone in May. Yeah, a hundred at least total, and destroying animals, plants, and closing companies because they can't afford to operate. Because there's a huge pork manufacturer in California, like the largest in the country that is closing its doors because it cannot afford to continue. And 
it's just going to get worse. So I think the summer is going to be really gnarly. Like we think things are expensive and scary now. I think it's just about to fucking tip off. It already is. And there's, I just thought, and this is like the most depressing, uh, zoom ever, but here's the thing. This is really fucking happening. And like, pardon my, I I try to be better on your podcast. (laughs) Oh, you're fine. I've Um, been saying the F bomb this whole time. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I don't even hear it. Um, the thing is, this is the reality we live in. This is so obvious. Okay, let's just remove it's orchestrated. It's all complete random and chaotic. All these things are all just happening to happen at once under this brand new uh, selected president. Um, the gas, I just saw truckers in certain cities, they are, the gas stations are out of gas and people are having to line up. And what happens when our food supply is not only being destroyed at the farm level, we got Bill Gates buying farms. We've got um, him buying, he he owns more farmland in the country than any other person, which is crazy. He's also wanting to push this veggie burger bug bullshit on us. And then you have the food supply chain as far as like all these factories that are being demolished and destroyed, all these animals that are dying. And then the truck drivers aren't able to drive or afford to drive our goods to us. So one, it reveals how incredibly dependent we are on a broken system and how much control they truly have over us. And two, I mean, is this a coincidence? And when we're having all of these major issues, we're literally sending billions and billions and billions of dollars to the Ukraine. Yeah. While yeah. mothers have a baby food shortage, while I mean, we can pay, people can hardly afford to get to work. Mm-hmm. It's it's just I'm watching all this happen, and we're just and they're sitting there with their little Ukrainian flags. I know someone that went to the court building in Ohio the other day, and there was a Ukrainian flag hanging over, not the not a U.S. flag. Like, what the what? fuck are we doing here? So people have lost their minds. They've, They've lost, lost their, their minds. minds. And it's I'm about, just... uh, I, I'm pretty, I have quite a bit of tolerance for people, especially if they're mentally handicapped, but this, <laughs> this has gone just too far. And I'm going to start telling people that take your fucking mask off, you dipshit. Um, they're, they're, they're killing people basically by just uh, willful ignorance. They don't get it. They don't get it. Yeah, I think some people are are masters for life. And I'm like, you know what, do you? Like, at this point, you are the least of my concern. (laughs) I don't even want to see your face. No, people are genuinely scared. Fine, whatever. Keep breathing your toxic bullshit. But I'm just literally like the things going on in our country. If people aren't terrified, and not that we should be in a state of fear, but it's called reality and common sense and looking around and knowing the landscape. And some people are just so far removed from it that, and I am too. I mean, I'm not completely, if they shut our power off right now, am I ready to go? Are we good? No. Mm -hmm. You know, like I am super dependent on the system and trying to get better. I know you're much better than me, but yeah, it's a, a lot of farmers are talking right now about how they're paying like double prices for feed for their animals and they can hardly like a lot of these farms are going to be shut down and yeah. I mean, people just are so out of touch about where our food really comes from and yeah. it's concerning. So yeah, we can't pray. You're right. You're right. Prayer we can't. And preparedness. 
we can't be in fear at all. I had yeah. a lady at work. She goes, aren't you scared? Aren't you ever afraid? And I, of course I want to admit, yeah, absolutely. I don't want, I want things to get better. I don't want them to get worse. So yeah, I'm afraid, but will I ever admit it? No, because it doesn't help us at all. We have to be brave and we have to keep a positive mindset and um, especially not be afraid that we're going to get some sort of sickness and die. we're all going to die. You know, that's not, that's not what's important. What's important is encouraging each other and pushing each, each other towards um, success and good things. And absolutely. And on that, like with that positivity, that is where I always, as much as we bitch about this stuff, we always almost follow this pattern on this podcast where we come back to this idea of like, on one level, look at how far we've come without even realizing as it was happening to us over the last mm-hmm. few decades. So, I mean, some people were shouting it from the rooftops, rooftops, but mm-hmm. the majority of us were just kind of floating through life, unaware of what laws were being passed, who our politicians were. I didn't know who my governor was until 2020. Yeah. It's just the reality. I didn't now I know governors of so many. I know secretary of states of so many states. I know, you know, all different levels of politicians on both sides, because I've had to wake up and look in this. And a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. We're seeing lying GOP members stand up in front of people and get booed off the stage, which is good. Because yes. People actually, they're not like, well, you're a Republican, you're with us. They're like, I see how you do this. I see your policy. I see how you vote. You're mm-hmm. fake. We don't need that because people, I think that we needed to be tried on a massive scale. And this is probably the first time it's happening globally to all countries' populations. And so with this shaking up, uh, we're seeing an emergence and an awakening that we've obviously talked a lot about, but it's, I had this vision in my mind the other day, like it occurred to me, we're going to have a new independence day Mm -hmm. and we are going to have a celebration, something that we understand because it's close to home. Mm-hmm. You know, we celebrate the 4th of July, but we didn't live through that. Right. But we're living through this now. And yes. this is in a way going, I, I see so much unity in the future. Mm-hmm. I see so much celebration. I see so much teaching children, a passion for teaching children history and the signs of how we lose sight of what's important. Like, I feel like we needed this wake up call, but I also believe that everything is going to be okay. I think that this, I really do. I do too. I really do too. That's why I try not to let myself get too fired up because I really <laughs> think we come on out on the other side, but I think it's going to have to get a lot nastier for people to, to make that yeah. right choice and start making it better is. decisions for themselves as an individual. And I mean, it could start with by simply just not throwing trash out your car window literally like that's all it really takes is just starting to care and care about your body and care about your community care about your family not being so wrapped up in just really superficial stuff or what other people are doing i mean as long as they're not harming anybody then we should be all right even even themselves really um there was one good thing I wanted to talk about real quick before we get, we're closing up here pretty soon. And now I can't fucking remember. So now I don't know. Let's, I, you I want was me gonna, to, yeah, you, but you're looking for it. Yeah. Do you want me to pop something in here? Okay. Um, this is fun. Uh, Health Canada approves the first patient for magic 
mushroom therapy and it is a cancer patient who does not have long to live and so they're allowing him to participate to see um what benefits could come so that's that's wonderful it's about time they did something nice because they're not being very nice (laughs) right now oh the thing i want I, I was going to say, if they're going to fuck us over so much, they might as well let us do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I know, at least good ones. Well, they don't want anything that's going to expand our minds and make us smarter. They they want to give us stuff like fentanyl <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and opiates. Um, okay, the thing I wanted to talk about was my boyfriend kind of enlightened me on why we have Juneteenth, which happy Juneteenth, that that Trump actually was a part of making this a national holiday. And it is, it is when we were, when black Americans were notified in Galveston, Texas, that they were actually free because it didn't come until months later. And he, he put a little seed in my head when he said, think about that. People are starting to realize now that they are free, that they are about, because we are not to the extent that black Americans were slaves, but we are all slaves. And you just said that there is going to be an independence day coming and we are waking up to the fact that we, we are free, but nobody's really actually told us that we're ultimately free yet, but it's coming. It's slowly, slowly coming. I think it's going to have to come with the the complete overhaul of the banking system, banking systems, number one, is where the corruption lies and how we deal with our money. All that cartelism derives from that. And I think, I think that's where it's going to, it's going to come from is that's going to be overhauled. And we all are, all are going to realize that we have been slaves generationally and that we will be free coming up. Holla. That made me very <laughs> emotional. That was very beautiful. Yeah. No, happy Juneteenth. And I do think it's beautiful. And you're right. I feel it's coming and is and it's just there's I hate to sound floofy, if that's a word, but I'm not like, you can't tell from my background. I'm not completely hippie to be. I just like, yeah, I am a lot, but I'm also really grounded. And I try to stay grounded in reality. And I think that our words have power. And I think that collectively, um, what we believe will happen. Mm-hmm. I just, I do. So that's why it's important to get the word out, to have these conversations mixed with a little bit of laughter and the absurdity, because um, like you said, we are free, but we haven't been told, you know, we've just been so indoctrinated mm-hmm. and lied to our whole lives that we're all like PTSD oh, yeah. <laughs> survivors. And it's like, absolutely to, to believe in good, and to understand our own freedom. For me personally, this last year has been so beautiful. And I'm going to do a solo episode coming up here soon. I'm going to do it every year around the 4th of July, I think. But um, just kind of recap. But for this last year, it's just like, I found God in a way that I've been so set free from so many things in my personal life that are so, I'm going to cry talking about it. But um, hangups that I didn't even know I had old wounds. I didn't know I had fear of people, um, rejection issues, um, shame, mm-hmm. guilt, all this stuff. It's like, it took me waking up and going through all this difficulty to, to really become healed and free. 
And the freedom that I'm experiencing right now is from the inside out. That's why for the first time in my life, I can envision it in the world because I'm watching it happen to me. And I also am losing fear of, I can look at all of this and say, you know, this looks terrifying and all of that. But it's like, once you're free in your mind and you're healed, you don't fear death. You don't fear any of that. And you start to understand how powerful God is, whether anyone believes in God or not, whatever your version is. Um, we, we are not alone in my opinion. And yeah, so <laughs> that's really that beautiful and there. sweet. No, that's really touching. I, but I see it for us. And that's the thing is you learn to see things through the lens of beauty and power and divinity and freedom. Mm-hmm. Once you experience that. And I'm like, we just forgot how to believe in ourselves and each other. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, we just have been so beat down our whole life since we're in school. It's like, go do this eight hour a day and go do this. And here's a system and you have to fit in these boxes. And if you don't, here's medication. And that's mm-hmm. not how we're intended to live. And I think we're getting a tiny glimpse of what is possible. And I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. I'm excited too. Doesn't mean that the rough road isn't over yet, but at least we've got a destination to look forward to. It's the hero's journey. What is a story without every single story? There's a reason that they almost die yep. right before. And that's what makes it so powerful. Absolutely. Okay, let's see. We have about, we're in the last 10 minute zone. I just want to check and see if there's anything I left off my list. Um, after all that, I don't want to go dark. I, I will say this caught my attention. Um, Ghislaine Maxwell's cellmate recently claimed they were offered money to kill her, which is like, oh, I'm so surprised. <laughs> oh, that makes but- me kind of giddy. <laughs> Uh, I didn't hear that. That's interesting. Uh, and I'm not surprised either, but I'm surprised that it got out. So it kind of makes me think, well, is it true or not? You know, Exactly. Like, I don't know if it's true or not, but the reason I brought that up is because it kind of pivots into, I was going to set up this podcast and I, my calendar and my computer reminded me of something I forgot about. And that is June. Let's see here. June 28th. Mm-hmm. is supposed to be her sentencing date really so if they don't change anything I believe in like a little about a week um she might actually be sentenced and maybe that's why we're hearing about you know there's a hit on her which would yeah. make sense because she might want to talk this week before her sentencing so everyone look out for June 28th hopefully we'll see what happens with that I just want her to give names absolutely if she that's hasn't it. already it's just why I haven't why haven't they released them yet? What are they, why are they waiting? I don't know. Exactly. Who knows? Oh, and happy solstice. Summer solstice is today. Oh, is it? It is. It is. Well, it's the first day of summer. So maybe it isn't summer solstice. It's the first day of summer. Not that like you can tell in this place that I live in. (laughs) The weather is so crazy. Like last week it was a hundred and like over a hundred and this week it's like seventies and cold and well cold for me. Yeah. Californian blood Uh over here now, but yeah, it's just like, what is going on with weather? I mean, I, I think I know. Yeah. We'll get into that (laughs) next week. (laughs) That's a whole episode, but yeah, (laughs) it is. It is. We'll talk about happy solstice. Happy Juneteenth. Happy late father's day to all the fathers out there. Um, what else? Happy pride month. Happy Pride Month, everybody. 
that we love all of you. And um, I am so Shit. <laughs> Come on. Oh. Oh, what happened? I keep losing you. I know, it's crazy. I, I said it's me. I just said happy Pride Month and I'm excited for July. But awesome. For me, July 4th is my favorite of all time. So yay. I'm excited. <laughs> I love <too>. fireworks. <laughs> me too. I'm excited too. I'm excited for some hot weather. I need it. And then I got to get down there, travel to where you are. And we need to do a little bit of traveling. We've been in our own dark night of the soul. We've been in that for a couple of years now. So Oh, we all have. Exactly. It's time for some fun and joy and celebration and sun and swimming and beaches and all of that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so this was good. Nice little catch up. And um, hopefully next time we'll have tons of really good positive news. Let's hope so. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Inward Survival School of Magic this week, we're going to read to you an excerpt from Creating Your Own Joy, A Guide for Transforming Your Life, and it's in an article called Revealing the Truths in the Great Cosmic Mirror. This article was given to me to be shared with one of my kids, and so as I I read it, I found some key points that I think that not only do we all need to learn from, but I thought that I could share here with all of you. So basically, this whole thing is all about it's our choice to either live in fear or to move forward. Life is a time of learning and growth. First point, difficult people are a perfect opportunity for growth. People who cause a strong emotional reaction in you are extremely important because they bring you tremendous opportunities for growth. When you encounter a difficult person, smile to yourself and because you're going to know that he or she is helping you grow extremely quickly instead of maybe cursing them, maybe thank them. And you don't have to thank them outright. You can thank them inside yourself, like in your head. People reveal what you like and dislike in yourself. Take a look at the words and actions of others that irritate you. Do they remind you of your own shortcomings or feelings about yourself? Search for the root of that conflict. People will usually mirror your feelings about yourself back to you. Learn to remain untouched by others' destructive behavior and negative energy. Allow yourself to stay in control. The next point is toxic emotions and how to rid them from your life. You can only control your actions and your reaction to others' actions. Be strong and rise above the negative actions of others. You can only direct your own thoughts and actions. Now, when somebody screws up and makes a mistake and has totally pissed you off, done the wrong thing, stay calm. Learn to remain untouched by their negativity. Smile and send the person energy for their highest growth and understanding. Surround yourself with a shield of protective light and see all the negativity bounce off of this shield and flow away from you. Everyone is responsible for their actions and follows the path of their own choosing. Everyone is on a different level of understanding and compassion for others. Everyone makes mistakes. Learn not to judge others. Each time you feel patience and compassion, you are turning on your power. Remember that. Forgiveness does not mean that you are accepting their behavior, overlooking their actions, or letting them to continue to hurt you. Forgiveness means that you are freeing yourself, that you are allowing yourself to be free. Now, the last point is true freedom and when you decide who's in control. 
You decide what is right and wrong. Allow yourself to examine your old beliefs and decide for yourself what you feel in your heart. Of course, you want to share your thoughts with others, but do not try to force others into thinking as you do. You are so much more than the body you see. And we all have developed our own plan with the higher power of the universe before we came into this life. And so each lesson must be learned and we each are on a different path. Accept the expression of the universe exactly as they are because everyone is loved and created by the same power. And only then will we know the true freedom of living the joyful life we were meant to live. Our Stoic of the Week is Lao Tzu. And he said, Being deeply loved by someone gives you strength, while loving someone deeply gives you courage. Do the difficult things while they are easy, and do the great things while they are small. A journey of a thousand miles must begin with a single step. And... Governing a great nation is like cooking a small fish. Too much handling will spoil it. Have a great week, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fringe with Benefits.